Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wondering Way to Brilliant, podcast show of Courage to be Curious. And this year, entire year, we have been exploring the yamas and the niyamas. So it's the ethical practices and principles that are grounded and rooted in the yogic tradition. And over the last five months, we have been exploring the yamas. And we are now transitioning in the month of July here to the niyamas. And I think it's a good opportunity, a good time to stop and kind of just what's the distinction between the yamas and the niyamas as we move into this second set. So the yamas are a set of principles that are relational. So they are principles and guidelines for how do we practice and how do we live in relationship to the external world. So in relationship to other people, in relationship to experience, in relationship to things, our outer world. The niyamas, in contrast, take us inward. And as I think about it, I think it makes a lot of sense, right, to explore the yamas first. Most of us have a much easier time accessing or thinking about like things that are relational. So we interact with people every day. So yes, it makes sense to think about you know, how, how, what are the practices or principles for how to interact well with other people, how to interact well with you know, maybe space and time. We're always thinking about time, how to interact well, or what does it mean to interact with the things that we have around us. So it makes a lot of sense to do that. The niyamas, in contrast, take us inward, and it's this relationship to ourself. And I find actually that that's, you know, can be a much more challenging place to go. <laughs> we um, don't get taught that. We never sat around at circle time in kindergarten with somebody sort of, they might have taught us about how to be a good friend and how to play on the playground or, you know, things like that, how to be honest and true, you know, to somebody else, how to apologize. But we rarely sat, were sat down and said, okay, so how do you be in relationship with yourself? You know, the person that you're walking around with every single day and will walk around with every single day of your life until you take your last breath, how do you relate to that person? And it just sort of strikes me, it's the irony of it, that we never get instruction on that. The result of it, I think, is that we're you know, largely inadequate at doing it. I know that um, that has been my case. So for decades, I had absolutely no capability or understanding even what it meant to relate to myself inwardly. And it's been a journey. It'll be a forever journey. Um, and, you know, it's a privileged uh, journey I get to take with the clients that I work with because somewhere there needs to start to be some guidance as to how do we relate to this inner being. And the truth is this inner being is so complex that it can be a little bit intimidating. And I think this is where the, the niyamas are starting to give us some of those principles. What does this mean to be in relationship with yourself? How do we go about interacting? How do we go about thinking on building this relationship? So I really invite you into this. It's not an easy journey. But I know that most of you who are listening, like this is an area of interest for you, or maybe an area of curiosity, right? That how do I, you know, work with this inner space, the inner space of my feelings, the inner space of my thoughts, the inner spaces of my habits, of my inclinations, all of those kinds of things. How do I work with this productively? How do I grow and expand in this way? So let's go. Let's dive into it. Let's, you know, explore the niyamas together. 
And as we dive in, the first one, of course, is, you know, I, I find is already challenges us and brings us into something that is not so easy or clear, I feel like, to access. Because the first of the niyamas is called saucha, or purity. And purity and purification is just simply not a concept that we think about on a daily basis. Cleanliness? Yeah, but purity, like what does that actually mean to purify? So maybe we think about we drink purified water or we, you know, when we buy certain kinds of water that have, you know, been purified from things that, you know, can get put in the water or we might think of it in relationship to something in a religious, you know, environment, something pure or the priests have to purify themselves or the rabbis have to purify themselves or whatever it is. But, you know, on a daily basis, like what the heck does this mean? And what is the relationship to, um, pure, to purity, purification? And I will honestly say I'm still figuring this out. I think this is one of those that is going to be a journey. When Deborah Adele sort of introduces it to us, right, it, where she puts us in relationship to purity and purification as in relationship to our bodies, our thoughts, what goes on in our mind, our words which come out of our mouth, which are primary words to ourselves as well as words to each other. Um, and then there's, I would also like to add into that list, the purification of our energy. So our body, the physical body that we have, purifying it. And we read about things like fasting or cleansing. And we think of those as cleaning agents. Let me clean out toxins that are in there. Um, so what does it mean to purify our bodies, right? What does it mean to purify our thoughts? Um, and what does it mean to actually purify our energy? I want to remind people who might be newer to listening that I've often talked about this, but that if it eludes us because when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we look at other people, we see a physical being. And so we think of ourselves as made up of a lot of matter. Let's go back to, you know, physics class, like that we're made up of solid matter. But the truth of the matter is, is that the body, like every object in the universe, is actually made up of over 99% energy. The reason that the body looks physical and concrete to us is because matter has this form that is visible to our eyes, whereas energy does not. But it is an illusion to think that we are actually more physical matter than we are energy because we are actually more than 99% energy, closer to 100% than not. So thinking about energy, the energy that's contained in us as something to purify is, I think, a hugely important idea, even if right now we have no idea what that means. So that's just to kind of, you know, bring it about. So what does purity mean? The thing that I'm really excited about is obviously not this week, but um, in next week's podcast, I'm going to be bringing on one of my teachers. I recently spent five days at the Shivananda Ashram and Yoga Ranch in the Catskill Mountains, but it's part of a global movement of ashrams. And um, I took a course with a, a man named Arjuna, and he is actually going to join me next week on the podcast to talk about Salcha. And so we spent a week with him kind of really, although we didn't necessarily call it this, exploring things that started to give me some insights as to what does it mean to purify. And just to set the stage a little bit, the entire experience of an ashramic experience is a purifying experience. And so in what ways? 
let's go physical first. You know, many of us will do, you know, think about anyway, if we don't do it fasts or things like juice fasts or, you know, intermittent fasting and things like that to kind of clear toxins out of our body. So clearing physical toxins that come in from the environment or the foods that we eat is a kind of cleaning. But when we think about it, it's also a purification. So it's about restoring something back to its essence, clearing away the debris that allows the essence to be strong, that allows the essence to be vibrant and full of light and aligned with its truest self. And the truth is when we clear any kind of toxins out of our body, that's what we're doing is we're making space, we're clearing away all these things that could be interfering with our own vibrance, our truth, our clarity of our knowing ourselves and our bringing ourselves forward. It's actually like a beautiful concept. I like to imagine oftentimes when I'm meditating that I have like a little candle burning inside. Our third chakra is like this this chakra of like, our identity and our passion. And I like to think of like, so there's almost like a candle burning and it's filled with light. When, however, there's all these toxins or impurities, impurities of thoughts, impurities of food, impurities of energy, impurities of negativity, impurities of, you know, just all these kinds of things that come into our system, our physical system and our mental system, that it's almost like it's piling debris on top of what's supposed to be our own eternal light. And that in the purifying process, we're clearing away these things and we're freeing up this energy so that as it comes forward, we have greater access to the vibrant, pure being that we are. And so at least for right now, that's one of the ways that I start to think about purification. And why is it purification rather than just cleaning? I think it's purification because purification has an element that means it's holy and sacred, right? So cleaning we do, we clean the dishes, we get them done so they don't carry germs or whatever and we can eat on them the next time. But purification, to pur- we purify things that are sacred and holy. And so if we think as our body, as the vessel, the container that carries our soul and our spirit, and we think of our souls and our spirit as the greatest gift that we possess, right? It's, it's our essence. It's who we are. That these things are holy. These things are sacred. They are the most core to us. And so as we clear these things out, we're not just kind of cleaning and scrubbing with a scrub brush. We're purifying because we're bringing a sacred intention to purifying and clearing something that is truly sacred, at least for right now. That's how I think about it. So in my experience at the ashram, there are so many things there that can be clearing of systems in terms of a cleaning fashion, but because of the entire environment and because of the intention, it's actually a purification. You know, we purified our bodies by, you know, eating Ayurvedically designed vegetarian diet, which was just incredible. And you could feel your whole body recalibrate as you know, went from like whatever we normally eat to zero processed food, zero sugars, um, zero caffeine um, for, for me for an entire week and just felt like my whole body feel reconfigured and different as a result of it. 
And then in terms of the environment, we spent, I was just talking with somebody yesterday from like six in the morning until 9.30 at night virtually in some form of practice. So whether it was meditation or chanting or learning or yoga or in these meals, <clears throat> that almost the entire day from six in the morning until 9.30 at night was spent with a purification of thought and intention. It was a very, very intentional space. So all these kinds of things that can become distractions, all these kinds of things that can busy the mind and all that sort of stuff were eliminated and were replaced with action and intention that was very clear and very pure. And in that experience, the opportunity to clear the mind, purify the mind, there was very little opportunity. I mean, you know, there's always opportunity for stuff to come into the mind, but there were practices that helped to clear the mind. The word mantra in the, um, uh, that refers to the chants and things like that that we did actually is about organizing the mind. So it was, you know, twice a day, 30 minutes, you know, almost like activating the program that says, let's take any of the clutter out and organize the mind. So that's quite a practice. And then going into yoga, which is, was very life force energy based and say, we're going to spend four hours a day realigning the life force energy that's running through your body, all this 99, whatever point nine percent energy and getting it lined up and moving and free, moving freely and purely in your body. So it was an entire, you know, encompassed experience that it experienced, which really left me anyway, feeling purified at all these different levels of body of thought of energy and made me much more conscious about word choices as well so this was to just kind of give a concept of what does purification you know how can we even think about purification and i invite you to think about what it means to you because we have practices and here's where I, what i really want to bring forward is we have practices every day to clean as i said we we clean our teeth, we clean our bodies, we clean our dishes, we even clean our cars. But this piece of purifying, the most sacred thing that we possess, right? Ourselves, our body, our souls, our minds, the thing we carry around and walk around with all day long. And when I say bodies, I don't mean the external body, although that's certainly important to do, but the internal of the body as well, our intestines and our guts and you know all of the, every body part as well as our energy and our thoughts, that clearing and purifying all of this, how often do we attend to that? Like, do we even do that as often as we get an oil change in our car? <laughs> right, you know, do we take care to those things? Because I know that one of the things that causes the most struggle in the world, and people name it different ways, but is when we become separated from our essence and our true selves, we always all feel better when we're more in alignment with our authentic selves, when we can feel the vibrance of our own core energy, when we can feel that flame of truth and essence inside of us burning brightly. Like we just feel better. We feel good about who we are. We feel in the flow. And we don't walk around feeling that way much of the time. Oftentimes we attribute the lack of feeling that way to things that are happening externally. And so what I'd like to just kind of provoke and invite consciousness about in this beginning to, of our exploration to Satya is what if we did attend to these aspects of purification more, the purification of ourselves internally? Could we potentially 
walk around feeling more content, more aligned, um, clearer, lighter in ourselves, freer, less burdened by our mind, less burdened by um, things that go on in the outside world that we really can't control, but that may be challenging. All right, well, you know me, I never ask for small things. So, you know, <laughs> these are the big things. Um, what are some of the practices? So, I mean, I went to an ashram for a week and not everybody is going to choose an ashram for a week. And we're going to talk more about these as the month goes on. But just to kind of leave us thinking about some things, some tools which might be in our tool um, kit and some which we might have been considering putting into our toolkit. But certainly breath practices, like just breathing. I teach virtually every client that I work with and every organization that I work with about breathing because it's simple. You know, it's the simplest thing, but when we actually bring conscious awareness to it, we realize that aside from what kind of happens naturally to just to keep the organs pumping, that we don't consciously breathe. And breathing alone is one of the greatest and most profound purification practices. So, you know, learning some breath practices the food that we take in, the truth is, is that food that is processed food with lots of sugars is going to bring more toxins and is going to depurify the body. It simply is. But it doesn't just depurify the body, but because when those toxins come in and when we are on sugars and caffeines and things like that, it also affects our mind. It sends our, it, we are much more inclined to have negative thoughts. We are much more inclined to beat up on ourselves, to be in judgment, to feel scattered, to feel unfocused. And it's a big ask because our culture and our environment is filled with all of this stuff. But it's something, you know, even if for a few days or a week to design to bring consciousness to that is what would it be like to purify ourselves through the food that we take in. Meditation practices. Meditation practices are really designed to help, you know, or, you know, cleanse the mind um, it doesn't mean you have to have a clear mind. Most people who meditate don't have a clear mind all the time, but that intention and the practice of meditating um, helps to strengthen that and to clear away some of the toxic system toxins that come in. Certainly retreating, following the yamas and the niyamas, or even experimenting with the yamas and the niyamas and different ways of um, thinking about these ethical practices. That's a purifying agent for our soul and for our spirit. And I think one of what I'm going to talk a lot more about as the month goes on is the interrogating of our <clears throat> the interrogating of our own integrity, basically, right? I think that one of the things that brings a large amount of toxins into our being is the small ways, not even I mean, they're big ways, of course, but even the small ways that we live out of integrity with ourselves when we don't speak the truth when we don't honor a feeling, but we follow an obligation, when we hide behind things, when we um, pretend and we present ourselves as somebody that we think we need to be or are supposed to be or should be rather than who, as who we are. So interrogating that and taking that on and burning away the things that may be causing us to be unpure in those ways is another practice of Sasha. So this is just an introduction. I've given you a lot to think about in the introduction, but I invite you over the coming week to think about what does Sasha or purity mean to you? 
what could it mean to you? What is this provoking in terms of curiosity? And what would it mean to think about having the purification of self, the physical, the mental, the energetic, the emotional self on some kind of regular basis? So get curious about it. Send me questions if you have them. Send me thoughts or comments. And we are going to continue to dive into this. As I said, next week, I'm very excited to have a teacher of mine, Arjuna, from the Shivananda Ashram. Well, actually, the Shivananda Movement, because he now teaches in many of the different ashrams. And more on Arjuna next week, but very excited to have him come and talk to us about Salcha. And then we will continue through the month. Comments, questions, send them along to me. Please, if you like this podcast, if you know of people who you think could appreciate this podcast, who would be interested in the yamas and niyamas or just thinking about ethical practices for living, please share. And if you are motivated to write a review on iTunes, it always helps other people to find the show. Thanks for listening.